Episode 12, Digital Currencies, recorded 26th of November, 2019. This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host, Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. Visit coincompass.com for more information. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. Okay, Faris, so nowadays there's a lot of uh, buzzword bingo, and that's the clean way to say it. We've got cryptocurrencies and virtual currencies and digital currencies and sovereign or sovereign currencies or sovereign coins, and I'm not even mentioning stuff like Libra and corporate coins. What is the difference between them? What is a digital currency? So I suppose the one we're hearing about a lot lately is sovereign digital currencies. So this is a digital currency created by a sovereign government, a state. Um, Recently, we heard China was going to launch their own digital currency. That's what led to a big price rise in Bitcoin. Um, uh, Last year, 2017, 2018, Vitalik Buterin, one of the key developers of um, Ethereum met with Vladimir Putin. So uh, excuse me, that, I think he's called the uh, Chief Ethereum Wizard. Continue. Okay, the Chief Ethereum Wizard met with um, Vladimir, President Vladimir Putin of Russia, and there was talks that um, Russia was going to create their own um, cryptocurrency or digital currency. Um, so what this is, a few things going on here in uh, a... Um, and we heard this again in 2018, especially coming from big banks. It's not about Bitcoin, it's about blockchain, thinking there's a difference when there isn't. And this is something we've discussed in uh, what is a private blockchain. And it's, in essence, it's a spreadsheet. So uh, there are some pundits out there that basically think Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are going to die and be replaced by sovereign digital currencies. I think they're missing the main point here. So the main point being that Bitcoin is decentralized. Bitcoin is not controlled by a single government. It's not controlled by a corporation like Libra. It is controlled by the people. It's controlled by consensus. So, uh, and that's one aspect in that it is decentralized. Your government can't just take your Bitcoins away from you. Um, You can easily transfer Bitcoins from, you know, here in New Zealand, where I am, to where are you these days, Gordon? I'm losing track. I'm in an undisclosed location in <laughs> Southeast Asia. All right. Well, I can I can send my bitcoins to you. Now, let's just say that with a digital currency, a it's not really going to be a cryptocurrency because to me, my definition of a cryptocurrency is something that is decentralized and that goes through a proof of work algorithm. Um, you're not going to get something centralized go through proof of work because all you're doing is wasting electricity on something you don't need to waste electricity on. So it's basically just replacing, it's not even replacing the current system that we have of finance. You're just rebranding it. Instead of calling it what it is today, fiat currency, you might rebrand it into digital. But at the end of the day, nothing's changed. Who is issuing that currency? In Russia, it's the Russian government. In China, it's the Chinese government. So all they're doing is rebranding from um, the system that we have today to calling it a digital currency. Um, Yeah, I don't see, A, there's no store of value. Why would I want to buy a digital ruble? Why would I want to buy a digital renminbi? There's no store of value for me there. 
Yeah, so why would a central bank want to do it? I mean, at the moment, they've pretty much got control of their own country's national currency. Why would why would the Chinese want to create a digital yuan? Or why would so they just want to have a fake There's two reasons for doing that. One is the, um, the system that we're running today, the fiat system or even the SWIFT bank system. So I've introduced two things there. So fiat basically is money based on debt. Um, so you look at Japan, their debt to GDP is 250%. America is over 100%. So these governments are going into a lot of debt. So there's talks of maybe a debt jubilee taking place where they just wipe out their own debt. Mm-hmm. How that happens, people don't even know. This is just talking high in academia now. It's just starting. So if they were to say, wipe out their own debt, they go, okay, this isn't working, then they'll replace the system we have with a digital currency. Now, this was done before. Um, I forget which century, but basically, you heard the term tally up. You know, when you're leaving a restaurant, everyone has to tally up what they owe. Yeah. Well, that comes from a system where we used to keep um, debtors and creditors used to keep their um, their tally on two sticks on a, on one stick. So you'd put a notch in one end. The person who lent you the money would put a notch there, and the person who borrowed the money would put a notch there. You'd break the stick, and then if you had to borrow more or repay, you'd come back, put the stick together, so it met. Anyways, what happened was. Um, the government issued a debt jubilee and they burnt the sticks. But these things, it was such a big bonfire, almost burnt down Buckingham Palace. So we're talking about potentially doing the same thing with governments. Governments are in so much debt that we're thinking of just wiping out government debt. And if they do that, they'll replace it with a digital currency. So that's one thing is how do we address government debt? The other thing is getting off of the petrodollar. So the US dollar is the key reserve currency. China has been working on their own gold reserve um, standard where instead of trading with Russia and Iran for um, in US dollars for oil, they're actually trading with them in renminbi, which is backed by gold. So if the Russians or the Iranians don't want renminbi, they can exchange that renminbi for gold. So two things going on. One is the international fiat system is cracking at the seams. Um, the SWIFT banking system is not as secure as a Bitcoin blockchain. Um, I think it was Pakistan or Bangladesh. Bangladesh, Their central bank was actually hacked and they lost billions of dollars. Um, the mm, blockchain has yeah. never been hacked. Um, and the other thing is we, a lot of governments are trying to get off of the US dollar. And this is one way they're looking at doing that. Yeah. So it makes sense that uh, first world countries wouldn't go down this path and create a uh, digital dollar or Fed coin mm. or whatever, especially the US, as you said, with the petrodollar. But I can see developing countries going down this path, you know, uh, having their central bank issue some kind of, uh, if, even if it wasn't decentralized, you know, uh, as a central bank coin that would uh, circumvent and certainly go around a lot of the uh, sanctions and regulations. And remember, um, the US has pretty long tentacles. Like, you know, you talk about PayPal and MasterCard and Visa and Mm -hmm. all these corporations dealing with remittances of migrant workers and all kinds of stuff. If a um, developing country, a central bank, created their own cryptocurrency, you wouldn't need PayPal, you wouldn't need MasterCard. I guess the problem for them is... Yeah, they could, for example, China could do trade with um, their neighbours and they could all have fun with a digital 
you know, Yuan or something like that. But eventually they have to coordinate and interact with the global financial system and how they're going to do that if um, all these other countries aren't on their system. Yeah, I, I do see that happening. That has happened. That happened in Venezuela when they issued their own, you know, cryptocurrency to trade in oil. Um, mm. it's a, I see it as a fad. I don't see it's going to last. Whereas, uh, and I'm jogging my memory here, I think it was the central bank in Chad, which basically just started investing in Bitcoin. So as the government is holding Bitcoin. Um, and there was also a, um, a cartel that was broken down in, it was either Bulgaria or Romania. And they found guns and they had was running a prostitution ring and they actually found um, uh, some Bitcoin in there. And yeah. the Bitcoin that they found was enough to wipe out 25% of government's debt. So I actually think that these governments are going to go, why create our own when this thing, Bitcoin, exists and we just invest in that? Developed countries will try and recreate the wheel. I think, whereas other countries will just go, hang on, why not just buy this thing? I would be extremely surprised if most central banks weren't, especially in developing countries and uh, perhaps uh, not as democratic systems as um, in the West, I would be surprised that they weren't buying Bitcoin already. You know, wh yeah. Why wouldn't you? You've got a printing press. You just uh, print more money, you inflate the national currency, yeah. and you just buy Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I, I don't see developed countries buying Bitcoin. I, they still see it as the enemy um, replacing us. I mean, Bitcoin is the democratization of finance. Um, and that's what it is. It's money by the people for the people. So I, yeah, I don't see G, G20 countries investing in Bitcoin. They'll start to tax it. They'll start to let it um, be used as a currency, just for them, it's money that can basically um, be used to spread the economic system. Yeah, so the rapper 50 Cent, he was one of the first guys to um, accept Bitcoin as payment. And people asked him why, and he said, because money's money. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, so Didn't yeah, he, he have just, a voting accident there? I don't know about that. <laughs> I know he's had other kind of accidents. That's the, um, no, well, that's the way that Bitcoin is avoid tax. I've had a budding accident. Oh, right. with Bitcoin. I don't have access to the keys. So sorry, I can't pay any tax. Yeah, yeah, I've had see, multiple budding accidents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the keys. Sorry. Yeah, day trading Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I see digital currencies as a fad because there's no store of value. I just see it as a rebrand, in essence. Um, yeah, and one big macro argument at the moment, and this is the big argument, is are we at the end of the US dollar? And if you look at a chart of the US dollar, it's, um, or the DXY, it's called, where it's mostly trade-weighted against the euro and the pound and the Japanese yen, it looks like it may have topped um, at 98 cents. If it breaks through 100, we are going, you know, potentially a lot higher, if it, you know, breaks through 90 or potentially going a lot lower. So the next 12 to 18 months, we're basically going to know, is this the end of the US dollar as a global reserve currency? And that is a big question right now driving markets because over 70% of global wealth is directly tied to the US dollar. And we are at a tipping point now where are we at the end of the US dollar as a global reserve currency? Good. Yeah, so that makes sense. But what's the difference between a Fed coin, a digital dollar, 
printed by a central bank and a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Yeah, so I guess the point I'm trying to make here is a digital currency printed by a central bank is on the way. It, w- it will happen. What that's going to do is it will make it easier for governments to basically keep track of every dollar you're spending. Um, and this was a use case in India. So the day Donald Trump was elected, India banned the two largest banknotes in circulation. You had two weeks to turn them in. Otherwise, mm. they're just being you know, illegal value. Um, illegal tender, sorry. And then they released the Adar program, which basically, and this is incredible in India, um, everyone got a biometric scan or fingerprint ID and a national ID number. So they, in essence, digitized the entire population. And they're moving everyone onto a cell phone payment system. And all you need is a mobile phone that can operate off 2G. It doesn't even need to be a smartphone. So pretty amazing what they did. A lot of people think it was so advanced that it had to be America's involvement or in in that it just didn't come directly out of them because it was rolled out so quickly. So with that, it basically means that um, India, which was a cash-based society, uh, you have uh, they can keep track of every money, every you know rupee that you spend, and you'll get taxed on it. So it's a way of making sure that the government is getting revenue from taxes. So that's where that'll come in handy. Cash, cash actually is the easiest way of um, avoiding taxes and dealing, you know, in illegal means. It's you, know, um, you can't track it like you can't track Bitcoin. So that's where a Fed coin will come in, in that every dollar you spend, they'll know where it's going and they can tax you. You can't avoid your taxes. That would be a central bank's uh, wet dream. Exactly. And that's what, the, that's what a digital currency will do. They're working on their way to making that happen. Um, now, the difference though with a cryptocurrency is there is no store of value in that. Um, anything issued by a central bank, so what we call cash today or money printed by a central bank, is designed to lose value because your purchasing power over time decreases. So if you leave money under you know, your mattress for five years, you come back, that amount might be the same if rats don't eat it. The amount might be the same, but inflation has gone up. So your purchasing power has declined. So therefore, the value has declined. So cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin will always be a store of value, in my opinion, simply because, A, the government can't reach it. And this is what happened with gold. Um, we found that, yeah, when we stopped trusting in governments, we started buying gold. And this, in the last 18 months, we've actually seen a pretty strong correlation between the price of Bitcoin and the price of gold. It was never really that strong correlate before. But 2019, sorry, we're starting to see a pretty decent correlation between Bitcoin and gold. They're kind of going up and down at the same time. So this is where our argument as Coin Compass always was Bitcoin as a store value story. That's where Bitcoin is. It is designed to be a currency. Uh, it won't be used as an everyday currency for it. Well, it will be, but its value is in storing wealth. So a Fed coin, in my opinion, yep, happen. Um, you know, it makes it easier for the government to collect taxes. It's more transparent, but it's not going to replace cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, um, or it's not going to replace Bitcoin. Bitcoin basically is the digital gold. Couldn't agree more. I think it's just all about the implementation. We talked about India, like India's doing it from a government point of view, you know, forcing everyone to have their own 
ID and China is doing it through corporations like WeChat and social scoring. Yeah. And, uh, who knows? Maybe something like Libracoin could be co-opted by the government. I doubt it, but it could be co-opted by the government to sort of be a bit, bit of a backdoor to uh, get everyone bought that way. But, yeah. I mean, if you have to pay your tax with it and operate certain services and payments with Fedcoin, then so be it. You do that. But then for everything else, you use cryptocurrency. Exactly. And another really big concern is that um, these central authorities have all your IDs, not just your date of birth, address, everything, but you know your fingerprints and your biometrics. And that is all in as, you know, a single attack vector. Well, that's going on the blockchain. These e, these new cloud e-passports are uh, pretty much going to come into play in a couple of years' time. So you've uh, not only have you got a centralized database to hack, now you've got everyone's uh, information all up in the cloud. So what could go wrong yeah. with that? <laughs> on that happy note, uh, thanks, Ferris, for that explanation. Well, I'm sure we'll do a part two of this one. And right. uh, thanks, again, Gordon. we didn't even talk about the Bitcoin, which is amazing. <laughs> All right. see you next thanks, time thanks everyone will do thanks for watching or listening please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content subscribing liking and following helps this content remain ad free until next time disclaimer Any content provided by CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.